The Lord be with you. And also with you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility and love of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and sacrament are offered this day in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence here with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. 
You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous, de- unright- all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the land hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and 17 to 19 with the antiphon. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim. Shine forth in the presence of Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears, and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us scorn of our you make us the scorn of our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine, that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon those of your right hand, the ones whom you have made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life, and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Glory to you, O Lord. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. The adventure of faith. Come Advent, we are embraced by the adventure of faith, which is a shared adventure of a common faith, with a prophetic vision, with a communal connection, and with an apocalyptic admonition, the adventure of faith. Isaiah 64 brings us that prophetic vision. No, not from the 8th century before the Common Era, the first long part of Isaiah, the court prophet, the majesty and beauty of the happy, peaceful court. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of God's glory. No. Here we have words from about the year 500. That's 90 years after the greatest cataclysm in the history of the people of Israel and many hundreds of years from the time of the first Isaiah. Since then... In 587 B.C., the Babylonians swept down on Palestine and the city of Jerusalem and burned the city and wrecked the temple and slaughtered the population and carried off to captivity for two generations those artisans, craftsmen, teachers who would benefit Babylonian society and left the others to head for the hills. And there for two generations did the people of faith sing by the waters of Babylon. We sat down and wept as our tormentors said to us, sing to us one of the songs of Zion. And then by grace and the work of the king of Persia, Cyrus, known in ancient writings as the Christ of God for his good works, the anointed one. He freed the people and they returned to the land. And when they returned, they found community, which is to say, endless contention, 
and intractable difference. They entered a place of need, and there were at least two groups. We'll call them the visionaries and the realists, the sopranos and the altos, the visionaries and the realists, the tenors and the basses. That is, those who with the uh, Levitical priesthood continued to hope in idealistic utopian terms for justice. Let justice roll down as water and righteousness as the ever-flowing stream. Real religion is never far, very far from justice. Of course, they had been up in the hills for the other two generations, whereas those who returned, not the visionaries but the realists, wanted to rebuild the temple, fix the roof and replace the boiler, and meaning restoration for what they could influence, not the Levites but the Zadokites, the realists. And over time, you don't have to have read the newspaper all through 2016 and 2017 to see this emerging in human history, though it helps. Those two parted company almost fully to the time of our reading from Isaiah 64 when the visionaries and the realists have split and hope became unhinged from history. The prophetic hope became unhinged from actual social, cultural, political activity. And we have what Paul Hansen, some years ago, across the river, that's our way, code way of saying here at Boston University, at that other university across the river, Harvard University, in his book, Good book, The Dawn of Apocalyptic, described as hope unhinged from history. No, he said, you don't need to reach all the way into Persian dualism and Iranian and Zoroastrian apocalyptic. You can find it right here. And hope was unhinged. Mark Lilly's recent book, The Once and Future Liberal, has some challenges for the academic community, notably challenging that unhinged Distance between rhetoric and thought and intelligence, speech and actual attendance at gatherings and actual participation in meetings and actual check writing and vote giving and collective engagement. Now there's a prophetic vision greeting us as we come to the Lord's table this day. The adventure of faith is a shared adventure of a common faith. Which brings us to the year 53 AD and the writing of Paul to the Corinthians. This afternoon you might want to leaf through these chapters. They are remarkable. They show us what it meant to be an early Christian adherent, an urban Christian in the first generation. Here is Paul celebrating their gifts. And what are their gifts? Speech and language. Speech and language. And what are their troubles? Well, take the next 14 chapters and read a little bit about sacrifice and sacrament, about morals and ethics, about finance and leadership, about family. Let those who are married live as if they were not married. Let those who have wives live as if they had none. Here is Paul saying to us squarely through the trouble of his own era, we are not the first people to face challenge in the adventure of faith. Just as with third Isaiah, we are not the first to have faced cataclysm early on. We're not the first people to face challenge, collective challenge. And we know the sorrow 
that comes with living. Every heart has secret sorrow. When you gather for worship, remember down the pew, looking to your left and right, every heart has secret sorrow. So Robert Frost wrote at the death of his closest friend, his poem, My November Guest, My Sorrow, when she's here with me, makes these dark days of autumn rain as beautiful as days can be. She loves the bare, the withered tree. She walks the sodden pasture lane. Not yesterday I learned to know the love of bare November days before the coming of the snow, yet it were vain to tell her so. Yet they are better for her praise. Every single human heart labors with a burden of sorrow. So we have today from Corinthians a reminder in Paul of the, the communal connection of what Robert Robin Scroggs wrote of just years ago, Paul for a new day, directing us to work through the challenges of our time. Notice you'll make your own longer and better list that our perils today come almost entirely at the intersection of humanity and technology, of humanity and technology. Not just Hillary and email, not just Trump and Twitter, not just the North Koreans and cyber stealth, not just the alt-right in Germany and Facebook. The alt-right there has 365,000 Facebook members, three times that of Angela Merkel. How are we ever going to work this through in the next long decade of humiliation and difficulty. Remember, with Isaiah 2 and 2, or a third Isaiah, that in a surprising, uncanny way, exile can be a time of great fruitfulness. They came out of that exile with the Holy Scripture, the Law and the Prophets. And we will come out of this time of exile with something uncannily and eerily fruitful. If we will stay in cohesion, you remember, we have to start one by one. Anne Lamott's book, Bird by Bird, her brother came home on a Sunday afternoon after church and said to his dad, I'm supposed to have a a paper done for school tomorrow on 15 different birds, but I haven't started. What am I supposed to do? And his father said, well, sit down, here's your paper and here's your pencil. And then he said, well, Dad, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And his father said, just start, bird by bird, baby, bird by bird, into the next decade, you and me and all. There is a communal connection in the adventure of faith, a shared adventure of a common faith. Likewise, there is an apocalyptic admonition. Now the temple was again destroyed, not in 587, but permanently, completely, in 70 AD. Our passage from Mark is dated from that time and is the full-blown language and imagery of Christian apocalyptic in in which Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is mistaken. This, This generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. And Mark, our evangelist, is mistaken. And isn't that good that the timing is mistaken? So here we are to enjoy and read it. There is nonetheless this apocalyptic 
pressure guiding and a recognition of, for the earliest Christians, cataclysm. The temple, not rebuilt to this day, was torn down stone by stone. And Judaism, that had been a religion of the temple, became became a religion of the Torah and the fledgling, nascent Christian religion, Christian movement, and its documents of the New Testament were therein shaped and formed. We're not the first generation to face cataclysm, as in our time. The cataclysm of the willful distortion of truth and falsehood. The cataclysm of dangerous mocking of nuclear opponents. The cataclysm of the mistreatment of women with impunity. The cataclysm of anti-Muslim imagery and language. You need to hear that as anti-religious because the day can come when the enemy is not the crescent but the cross. Let's use a little pastoral imagination of what that feels like. The cataclysm near and far of an amnesia, a Christological amnesia of the words you heard last Sunday. When did we see thee? Hungry, tired, alone, naked, ill, imprisoned, as you have done it to the least, the last, the lost, those at the dawn of life, those at the twilight of life, those in the shadows of life, you have done it unto me. There is a, an apocalyptic admonition. All of these visitations come at night. Nobody traveled at night in the ancient world. They had no street lights. A little moonlight maybe, but brigands were about. No, this is the surprising, surprise squared attention to you calling you, I see you, calling you to watch, therefore, that you not be napping at the parousia, to watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So, to be faithful with your body in terms of faithfulness and partnership, friendship, and marriage, to be faithful with your time, including and especially quintessentially worship on Sunday morning in the flesh, including your dollars, the practice, the venerable Christian practice of tithing, of giving away 10% or up to 10% of what we have received. There is an apocalyptic admonition that greets you along with a communal connection and along with a prophetic vision. As now we come to the sawdust trail, this is an altar call moment. In a moment, you'll put down your bulletin, you'll watch for your neighbor, you'll come down the aisle, receive the bread and the cup, remembering other moments of communion, looking forward to future moments of communion, receiving the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and are love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life, following after the commandments of God. Come, take this sacrament to your comfort. For we believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in the true person, Jesus, to reconcile and to make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. God calls us to be the church, the body of Christ, 
to celebrate Christ's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Marsh Chapel and welcome to Advent. It is a wonderful, wonderful season to be in this community. There are a variety of announcements today about what's going on in this community. The first of them is offered by our Marsh, Marsh associate, Savannah Wu. In the spirit of Christian stewardship and creation care, Marsh Chapel, in partnership with Sustainability at BU, will be hosting a small electronics recycling drive on Sunday, December 17th. We encourage you to bring any unwanted or broken small electronics and items as listed in your bulletin to the interdenominational worship service at 11 a.m. that Sunday. Members of the Marsh Chapel staff will be available to collect your items in the narthex. Thank you. Thank you. 
The Advent devotional, the daily devotional that can come to you by email, started today. If you'd like to receive that, please go to the chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, where you can sign up for the devotional. Thank you to Chaplain Jessica Chica for helping coordinate that this year. Following the service today, there is an Advent party. There is cookie decorating, mold cider, hot chocolate bar, card making, uh, starcraft or star making, depending upon how you'd like to say that, a silent auction, an interactive nativity, and artwork. So please, if you're young, if you're old, if you just like to have some fun, please go downstairs and join the party. Uh, there is a silent auction, as I mentioned, after the worship service today uh, for the Break the Chains uh, let's see, break the change material that you have found in your bulletin. Uh, the silent auction goes on until 1245 today. You are welcome to bid on an item uh, to take home a beautiful gift basket filled with local union-made and or fair trade treats, beverages, or personal care items. The proceeds will go to Amira, a residential program that rehabilitates women who are escaped from human trafficking and modern-day slavery. Your gift is also tax-deductible. If you turn to your bulletin, you'll see a variety of services coming up. Beginning Thursday of this week at 5 o'clock, there will be a Christmas tree trimming here, happening here in the nave. If you'd like to see a very large tree and hang out with some friends, this is the place to be. On Friday evening at 6 o'clock, the University Service of Lessons and Carols will be happening in the nave. I encourage you to come early to find a seat, as we often have standing room only. That service will repeat in a slightly condensed version on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And then following the 11 a.m. service next Sunday, there is a dean's open house at the School of Theology lower level basement. And then also at 3 o'clock next Sunday afternoon is the annual Blue Christmas service. You've likely found in the bulletin a small flyer that you can share with a friend, a colleague, a neighbor, a student, someone who may want to find a service where they can find some solace in the time of this oftentimes very happy Christmas season. Uh, but we also know that the rest of the feelings that we experience sometimes of loss and grieving continue through this holiday season. If you know someone who would find it helpful to be in this service, I encourage you to take the card that you found in your bulletin today and share it with that person. On Wednesday, December 13th, there is a global stress relief day for students from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the basement of the chapel. The study retreat that happens each semester is happening on Thursday and Friday, December 14th and 15th. You can sign up on the chapel website. Please do register in advance. There is all-day food, fellowship, and study space provided by the chapel. And looking forward to Christmas Eve... On December 24th, there is, of course, the interdenominational service here at 11 a.m., and then a 7.30 p.m. service, if you would like to avail yourself of that. If you have questions about the ongoing Cradles to Crayons Drive, coordinated by Jay Rieg, please see him at the back in the nave. Jay, can you raise your hand? There you are. If you'd like to talk with Jay about that, please do so after the service. Today is a communion Sunday, and there is grape juice on the lectern side, wine on the pulpit side, and an opportunity for healing prayer over here under the last window near the pulpit. Today is also the last day for the submission of pledge cards. Um, if you have not filled one of those out and wish to do so, please talk with someone in the chapel office after the service today. 
Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our tithes and offerings, I invite you to participate in the Christian ritual of generosity by contributing to the plate as it is passed by logging into bu.edu slash chapel, where there is the opportunity for online giving, or by committing or recommitting yourself to prayer and service for the building of God's peace. Oh, 
Gracious God, allow us to accompany these gifts of material wealth with a word of faith in a pastoral voice toward a common hope. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts and lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things, and the rich you send empty away. Your own Son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. 
By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thank you. 
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.